5: People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels.
4: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Monday edition of the program. Congratulations to the Eagles and to the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl. Novak Djokovic, we'll probably talk about that at some point, wins the Australian Open and a victory for everyone who has refused to get the COVID shot because it is worthless. But good news to start on Monday, there were... Significantly, no riots of consequence in the wake of the Tyree Nichols video release around 6 p.m. Central on Friday afternoon, evening, across the country. I know there were some small scattered flare-ups, but by and large, everything remained, for the most part, peaceful. And that is a very good thing. Because the fear was that once more the summer of 2020 rioting would unspool across the nation. Now, Buck, what I would argue here is that's because ultimately Black Lives Matter only gets angry when black lives are impacted and white people are involved in those lives being taken. Um, and therefore it's really not Black Lives Matter. It's Black Lives Matter in the parenthetical when white people are involved in black death because when the video came out, this video to me was far worse, and the videos, I should say, of these five police officers in Memphis, what they did to Tyree Nichols was far worse to me than what happened to george floyd on video and if you consider that while you might be upset about george floyd's interaction with the police and the way it went and believe it was criminal as it has been proven to be there was a reason police were called because george floyd was trying to pass a counterfeit bill and he was also on drugs So police were specifically requested. In this situation with Tyree Nichols, there does not seem to have been, Buck, any reason for the initial police stop to have taken place. And all of the violence that ensued since, to me, is far worse than what we saw happen to George Floyd. Yet, and I would submit this is the reason, because it was five black police officers, there was virtually no riot. The media has tried to argue, and will play, CNN, MSNBC, the like, have tried to argue, oh, this is still an example of white supremacy, but most people just simply don't believe it. And so it's a positive sign that there was no rioting, pillaging, looting, so to speak, Buck. But also, this just further epitomizes, because the video was as bad or worse than I anticipated it was going to be, that really they can only mobilize when... There are white people that are involved in misbehavior or potential criminal allegations.
1: I I think we should have the discussion about police and policing now that that they always say now is the time for reform or now is the time to do something about law enforcement. Let's look at the reality of law enforcement in Memphis right now. Let's understand what's actually going on. As we said last Friday before the video was out, before we had seen it, uh, because the show ended Prior to the release, they wanted to get rid of this uh, Scorpion unit. That was the initial call. Um, so they're focusing in on an anti-violent crime unit in the Memphis PD. What's the reality of the Memphis Police Department in recent years? It can ha- it has a very hard time getting people to sign up to want to be cops in Memphis. Yeah, So hard that, in fact, the Memphis Police Department, in a less brutality, more diversity initiative, by the way, decided that they were going to change standards dramatically for who could be a police officer in Memphis. They even were willing to give felony waivers. That has been confirmed. New York Post had this up. Felony waivers for cops. Oh, you're convicted of a felony? Well, we really need cops in Memphis right now cuz nobody wants to sign up for this. I mean, they were giving uh they were giving a $15,000 bonus up front. They waived that you had to have Even an associate's degree, if you just had a few years of work experience, they're desperate for cops. Why are they desperate for cops in a city like Memphis? Well, let's take a moment, shall we? If you're a law enforcement officer in the last few years in this country in a high crime area where a lot of the crime is disproportionately, uh, you know, committed by minorities. If you're in that community, do you feel like you're going to be backed up when things get rough as a law enforcement officer? No, you don't. So very few people will go up to sign up. The kind of people that you want to sign up aren't doing it. And so what you have is a lowering of standards. And then a tragic incident like this occurs. And they say, you know what we should do? Let's ban more police units. Let's blame the cops even more instead of looking at these cops did something bad. What's going on structurally within the police department overall? I mean, to talk about a difference in training. Okay, here's one thing. I, very noticeable, Clay. A lot of people pointed this out. I think they said there were 71 commands given over yes. the course of, of the video. I wrote in 2017 about an incident in uh, Mesa, Arizona with a man named Daniel Shaver. Daniel, this was all on video. And I remember I, I, I was very uh, upset by this case because a white cop with a rifle, in my opinion, executed a guy in obviously that video on,
2: is up for people who have not seen it it's very difficult to watch
1: i mean this guy is and the white the the victim here was white he the cop was was charged with murder a jury inexplicably in my mind yep. let the cop off but because they the, the whole thing hinged on whether or not daniel shaver was complying well he first of all he did absolutely nothing wrong he they He had a BB gun in his, in his hotel room, which he was legally allowed to have. Someone called the cops. They ran into the cops came into the hallway. The guy who shot him had etched into his AR-15, you know, like, uh, you know, you're dead or you're going to die. I mean, the guy's not somebody you want to be a police officer, obviously. And he starts barking commands like, you know, put your, put your hands behind your head, put your, put your feet together, crawl toward me, keep your head. I mean, if you didn't have a gun pointed at you, yes. you wouldn't It'd be, be hard able to, to do follow. This. You wouldn't be able to follow. You'd be like, "What are you talking about?" The guys, yeah. But then it's, "Oh, he's not obeying commands," and he just, he just, just, just shoots the guy. I mean, yeah, it's an execution. It's on video, but he's white, and the victims white. So Clay, was there national outrage about it? I wrote about it at, at thehill.com at the time. The story went viral, but was there a big conversation about it? At CNN no, no, because there wasn't a racial angle. Well, guess what? looking at commands that police officers give and the training they're in might actually be a really useful thing, might have actually prevented some tragic incidents later on, but didn't get the attention it needed. So if you want to talk about training right now, yeah, what are the protocols? I mean, when when they're telling Tyree Nichols, for example, comply, and he is, it looks like, complying. to comply, yes. He's trying to comply. Cops need to know the second that someone is complying and you're shouting comply and hitting him, you are engaging in police brutality. But, you know, the, 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 I have never even heard the comply discussion uh, at the national level about meaning how cops should be trained to escalate through that process and not say, you're not doing what I want, so now I'm going to beat you or even shoot you. But instead, it's always get rid of the unit. It's racism, the usual thing. I would love to hear from cops
2: out there who listen to us, and we have a ton of those listeners. ...who have watched this video and what they thought about what they saw. 800-282-2882. Buck, over half of the Memphis police force is black. Um, All five of these officers that were charged with murder are black. Yet, there has been a desperate attempt to try to tie this to white supremacy... ...which just hasn't worked. And, uh, I mean, it's gone across the board. I mean, we've got uh, audio here from a couple of these different guys that I thought uh, would make sense. But the thing that I would say for all of you out there to think about is we've lost on the left wing. They have lost. The ability to analyze individual decisions and hold individuals responsible for the choices that they make, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whoever you are. Ultimately, we are all responsible for our own individual decisions. Uh, And Eric Adams, says, uh, who's a former police captain, says racism was involved in the beating of Tyree Nichols to death. Let's play cut
1: four. Chief C.J. Davis, When in my interview with her, she said that all the officers being black, it takes race off the table. Do you agree with that?
3: No, I don't. I think that I understand what the chief was saying,
2: and I think she really handled this situation in a very professional way. She moved swiftly. She ensured that those officers were removed from the department. She took all the necessary steps. But I think race is still on the table. When a culture of policing historically has treated those from different groups differently, even when... The individuals are from that same group. That culture can still exist. And we have to zero in on it, being honest about it, and making sure that we properly train police for the realities of the cities that they are policing in. Okay, so Eric Adams wants to run for president potentially in 2024, and he's arguing that race is involved in this case. When you hear that, Buck, what do you think?
1: His analysis is is nonsense. His analysis is what the left and the Democrats want to hear in this moment. Look, you and I expected the video to show police brutality, and yes. it did. It yes. was police brutality. No one is Tough in favor watch. of this. No one supports this. It should be condemned. It should be prosecuted. It makes cops' jobs harder. But cops, there's hundreds. I think there's 700,000-plus sworn law enforcement officers in this country. There are going to be a handful within that you know, almost yep. a million who are bad people who do bad things or who cross the line or who in a moment of rage or whatever, have a failing that is unacceptable and needs to be criminally prosecuted. And I just think that, you know, when they say things like this, when they say things like this, I, I just sent to Ali. I mean, I know it's an old uh, it's an older story, but I mentioned this. We'll, we'll put it up at Clay dot com. A link to the video and and the analysis I did at the time. This was 2017. Now going back uh, six years, Clay, of Daniel the Daniel Shaver incident. Every time something like this happens, and it happens to be involving a black man, does not mean that it is racism. This also happens to non-black individuals in this country. Yeah. Daniel Shaver was one of them, and I, I would argue, you know, that the Daniel Shaver incident was as bad as this, actually. Yeah. Uh I I you know, it's it's the, the both individuals died, but Daniel Shaver, I mean there was it, there was no um you know, there there were it was lethal force used in an in an incident where there absolutely should not have been. I'm not this is not what aboutism, it's just contextualization of this stuff happens and to always make it about race when there's obviously no clear correlation, there's no clear race angle, does a disservice to The conversation we're supposed to have about how, one, what does justice look like for his family? And two, what can we do now?
2: Seventy five percent of people who are shot by police are white, Asian or Hispanic. Seventy five percent. You never hear about any of those incidents. By the way, most people who are shot by police are violent felons who are engaging in violent behavior. But sometimes police fail.
1: You know that they've buried it, but there was a study done by a Harvard economist a few years yes. back about who is more likely, in when they control for the kind of incident you're talking about, is it more likely that cops will shoot a a white individual or a black individual in a police-involved incident with, with similar circumstances? And the economist found that it was clear that the cops are actually more likely to shoot a white individual, and the thesis was... Because they know if they shoot an individual who's black and the circumstances are murky at all, or it's a close call at all, their life is ruined. They may go to prison the rest of their lives. That's
2: right. It's a great study. Uh, I read that study as well. Uh, We'll talk, take your calls, continue to discuss. uh, Clay and Buck here, 800-282-2882. We got to tell you, look, how many of you are really that comfortable that you're always going to be able to go to the grocery store and buy what you need? Well, if you need a baby formula. If you needed eggs, if you needed toilet paper over the past couple of years, you've probably been into the grocery store and not been able to find what you want. Why not go ahead and provide food insurance for your family? You probably got health insurance, hopefully. You probably got car insurance, hopefully. Probably got home insurance, hopefully. Maybe life insurance. All those things you're doing to try to provide for safety and security of your family. But do you have food insurance? We do in the Travis household. Thanks to my Patriot supply. Com. We have a three month emergency food kit with a fantastic new lower price you guys can all take advantage of. You can trust my Patriot supply. We do in the Travis household because we have a three month emergency food kit. Great tasting breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, snacks. Averages over 2,000 calories a day. It's one kit for every member of your family. Makes great sense. And that's why you can go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now and save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit while you can. They ship fast and free. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Again, that phone number, MyPatriotSupply.com. Do what we did in the Travis household. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Sanity in an insane world. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show.
4: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Your comments today were moving. I don't know how you did it, Rodney. I know uh, Tyree's dad devastated. Yes, sir. I know people say say that
7: to you, but I I, I do know. I lost my son in the war. The consequence of the
3: war in Iraq being every year, I lost my daughter
1: so that was president biden uh speaking to tyree nichols's parents and it it is true biden has suffered a lot of personal tragedy Uh, but i have to just point out once again that he is in a habit and in more than one instance and on a more than one occasion of of lying about his personal tragedy, Biden's personal tragedy for political gain or for some connection, he keeps saying, I lost my son in a war, a consequence of the war. Biden is is not a, a gold star father. Biden did not lose his son in a war. His son, Beau, tragically, died of cancer. It is, yes. It is very sad. It is tragic, and it is a tremendous loss, and, and that is obviously the case. But, Clay, I, the, the, it just strikes me as, as bizarre. I mean, even Biden caught himself and said, oh, a consequence of the war in Iraq, which is also, by the way, not – that's just some theory that he – I mean, there's no actual science to, to prove that connection whatsoever – you just think in that moment, you know. Can't can Biden in that in that deeply human moment of connecting with another family after the loss of, of their son? why why does he feel the need to embellish or or tell this story once again that everyone says is just not true?
2: It's a great question, and it's the same story that is also tragic associated with his wife and daughter's death when he got photographed being sworn in in their their hospital room. And the story is tragic enough. If you're a parent and you lose a child to cancer, I do think that Biden could talk to other parents about grief and loss and the impact of that upon them. But he fills the need constantly to spread lies about where and how his son died. And it's uncomfortable. And even when he's pointed out to be doing it he continues to do it time after time
1: i just think biden lies he lies so much that he barely even notices and even in a moment of of the most uh, profound human connection he still feels the need to, to lie which i i just think it's it's a compulsion with him at this point my friends the tools and resources now available to gun owners to keep your skills sharp are ever improving there's one device in particular you have to get it's called the mantis x This is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It connects to your firearm like a weapon light. And once it's connected, you link it via Bluetooth to your smartphone. That gives you data range experience, sure, but you're going to enjoy your range experience more with the Mantis X system, letting you train and hone your skills at home. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you have time for, it all adds up. Nearly 94% of people using the Mantis X system Improve their shot in 20 minutes' time. That's how good it is. It's so much fun, too. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at mantisx.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com.
2: Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are breaking down the weekend that was. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. About to take a bunch of calls from police officers who wanted to weigh in based on what they uh, based on what they saw from those videos. Also uh, worth noting I want to play this cut for you. they're trying to run back the defund the police slogan uh, even though it has been roundly criticized and Democrats are now trying to say, well, we never really said uh, that we wanted to defund the police. Hassan, how do you pronounce his name, Mehdi Hassan? Mehdi Hassan, yep. Mehdi Hassan on MSNBC says he's tired of Democrats running away from talk of abolishing and defunding the police. Here he is. You knew it was going to happen. Listen. The issue here, as plenty of people have pointed out. is not black versus white. It's blue versus the rest of us, which is why this whole reform nonsense from Democrats is so tiring and so dishonest. You can't reform this stuff
1: with body cameras or diversifying the
2: police, as we just saw in Memphis. That doesn't solve the problem either. Now, Democrats, of course, want to run away from talk of abolishing the police or even defunding the police. That's way too radical, way too out there. But consider this. The Memphis Police Department's response to all this controversy and camera footage on Saturday was to announce that it was disbanding the specialized police unit whose officers inflicted that brutal assault on Tyree Nichols, the so-called Scorpion Unit. Yeah, they defunded and abolished it. It's true. They did do that.
1: And did did you hear what he's pushing for, though? I mean, this is what the left really wants. Yeah, no, that's abolition of police, folks. These people are lunatics. Just understand that the people that are making the most noise on the left about this, first of all, they never line up, okay, what is the more urgent problem in this nation right now to deal with? What is the more, uh, the more systemic problem in this nation right now? The massive increase in homicides over the last three years, over an already, depending on the country you're comparing us to, pretty high homicide rate, hom- homicide rate, uh, or the very fortunately rare, but still gut wrenching and awful instance of lethal police brutality that occurs a few times a year. One of, they're both, they're both problems of just one of them. Thousands of people are dying. Yes. Thousands and thousands of people are dying. Children are dying. They're being shot in the crossfire. So to, to treat all law enforcement like, I mean, this guy's basically saying, Oh, look at these cops. They were, you know, they're, they're terrible. They brutalized Tyre Nichols, which is true. Let's get rid of all cops, abolish police. That just no, means the, more the, people are going to die.
2: No doubt you use a viral anecdote to demand a prescription that is going to lead to a far worse outcome than what we've already had. Uh, Now, a lot of cops, but I, I think it's important to play that cut because almost immediately as crime rates skyrocketed in the wake of the defund the police movement, what ended up happening was Democrats said, oh, we never, ever called for defund the police, and we brought you the receipts. We played them all saying it. But it only took one viral police incident of misbehavior for that entire argument of defund the police and taking the next step of abolish police to come back. Jason in Texas, you're a police officer. Appreciate you listening. What did you think when you saw the video uh, of the uh, Memphis cops and of Tyree Nichols?
7: Uh, Basically, uh, you can hear me, right?
2: Yeah, we got you.
7: Okay. Basically, I'm a 20-year veteran, and uh, I'm, I've been in Texas all my life. And I can tell you right now, over the 20 years of my, my career, law enforcement has changed along with the environment, okay? We used to be respected and all this other good stuff, but we really didn't have to do as much to deter crime because people didn't want to acting like a normal cop. I mean, we are trained constantly to learn how to just, uh, re- restrain people without – throwing blows or fighting like they do you know what i'm saying i mean we're supposed yeah. to be more professional than that and we have techniques crowd my god jujitsu you name it Things
2: when you saw going. police officers literally holding the guy up to take yeah. shots punches i mean in the in the feed i mean right. it felt like a gangland style hit
1: very oh, personal. Yes, it, looked like gang, it looked like a gang it looked like a gang beatdown. they kicked yeah. him in the face when he was on the ground
7: deputies i've talked to about this because we all look at it and we criticize you know but we we usually try and hold out you know our opinions until we see everything well when i saw everything i I immediately was like well okay these guys have been doing this for a while and nobody said anything to them nobody's done anything to punish them for it the problem i see now is that i guarantee you, you're going to have all kinds of complaints come out of the woodwork now that haven't yeah. been before and if they haven't been addressed in the past some heads are going to turn because thank you. these guys yeah these guys were not trained like cops usually are well if they were trained they weren't using their training
1: but that yeah, yeah, look it was just, it was th- thank you for calling you. in uh thank you for calling in it's this is police brutality that is yeah. what we saw on the video I, I haven't seen anyone i haven't seen honestly a single person try to make a case about anything other than than that this is clearly uh cops who crossed the line um I mentioned the Daniel Shaver case. There was also there's the case um where the uh, officer shot a man running away in the back. Uh, it was in daylight on video in I believe it was South Carolina. That was an officer crossing the line. That was that, yes. was that officer went away for murder as he should have. It does happen. It's very rare, though. And one of the ways that we get bad outcomes in terms of policy and in terms of takeaways, Clay, from all this is that there is a distortion, an intentional distortion that the left engages in? Let, let's take an example of this. If if someone finds a a, a a noose on a college campus, right, just to go to the a different kind of of incident, all of a sudden there's there's 350 million people, give or take, in this country. 340 million, uh, we're all supposed to have a conversation about how racist America is. One noose in one place, the whole country is racist. And even when it fi- sometimes, often, is the case on college campus, oh, a person who put the noose there actually is himself a minority and was trying to raise awareness, so it wasn't even a hate crime, it was a fake hate crime, we're still supposed to have the conversation about how racist the country is. And you say, well, hold on a second. Is that something that occurs frequently? Is that something that occurs at a, at a scale where we think that that's the norm? Well, of course not. It's incredibly rare, But we're supposed to treat the incredibly rare like it's actually quite common so that certain people in the country can get their way and have power. The left, the Democrats, they do this all the time.
2: Even when it's not remotely race-related, the Bubba Wallace pull rope in NASCAR. Remember the guy in California, I think it was, who had a uh, rope on it, like in a noose that he was using as a workout tool uh, in a public park. I mean, even when these things, as you said are not remotely re- re- related to race at all they're supposed to all lecture us about the importance of having the
1: conversation anyway but it's supposed to also show us oh look at how common this is yeah look at what's going on in america today and ever sits there and says this isn't going on this isn't yeah. a common thing at all actually one of the fastest ways to ruin your life in this country one of the fastest ways. The fastest,
2: is to, probably.
1: Probably. I mean, you know, short of like, you know, something off a building. Yeah. Uh, is to do something that is actually truly racist. One of the fastest ways to destroy your reputation, make you unhirable, get you kicked out of school, fired from your job. That is actually the country we live in. And yet if you watch MSNBC, everything is racist. Clay, the Fed raising interest rates is rate. Find me something that they talk about. And I'll show you MSNBC making it a racial incident or racial implications of some kind.
2: Mel in North Carolina, retired cop. What did you see?
6: Hey, how's it going? We're fantastic. We're good, Mel.
2: Appreciate you calling.
6: Um, you know, after looking at all these things since I quit, which was back in the mid-80s, and I'm 63 now, like the previous caller said, there's been a lot of changes in the atmosphere of The people, and there's uh, obviously some uh, a lot of variances within the training of police officers from one city to one state to another. So it's almost come to my mind, and I'm not in that category to abolish police because I'm very lawful inclined but at the same token to have consistency and continuity across the board no matter what state you live in is almost to the point that i think they do need to do some type of restructuring and maybe put the national guard in charge in every single town and what it used to be or what is currently would then become the police department that's kind of like the the uh the fill-ins or the um what do you call it like uh um a volunteer uh emts they would be volunteer police p- people that would be available upon call or something but the national guard i just think would would be consistently trained no matter what state you're in they know how to handle extreme situations and i yeah I, I, do, I, are you I, talking I about to like to do with riots or are you
1: suggesting for day-to-day pol- day-to-day police we don't want the military doing day-to-day policing that's not gonna that's not a, a good solution here yeah
2: Okay. Appreciate the anyway. call. I
1: think it's a bad solution. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate the call respectfully. I, that's you know, because ultimately you're just transferring the responsibilities and the force. This is why when AOC, remember AOC was saying abolish ICE, yeah, and then everyone would say, well, that's complete. Like, what, what, do you want you to abolish all immigration laws? Yeah. Right. And they said no. We're going to build a new thing that's not ICE that will do all the same things that ICE does. And you say, okay, well, that's not going to help anything. In fact, what the government usually does is just create the new thing to duplicate the mission and put more resources into it overall, and then you just have an even more efficient and inefficient and expensive bureaucracy with the same problems. John, in New York, quickly here, you're a retired police chief. What did
2: you think? How would you have responded if this had been on your force and you had seen video like this?
6: I've hired a lot of cops, and I've fired cops, and i got to tell you, I saw them retain nothing from their academy training. And the other thing most people don't know is most academies, I've been to, you know, I I worked at the county, state, and federal level, and I went to three academies, and I could tell you most academies mirror Department of Justice guidelines. So they were taught DOJ principles, and they did nothing but thuggery right there. And the question I don't see anybody saying or addressing is leadership. I mean, I heard it once or twice. But that's paramount in this. Where was the sergeant? Where was the lieutenant? And everybody right up to the, ch- the chief needs to be held accountable. If it happened on my watch in my department, I'd have been fired. And I was the chief of my service at the federal level.
1: Thank you so, for calling in. Yeah. And that's, that, that tracks with every law enforcement officer that I've talked to privately about this. Friends of mine reached out to. So I think that that is that is the the accurate assessment of what we saw, which was these cops... We're way over the line. Um, obviously over the line. And when people say things like, Oh, body cams won't No, body cams, body cams aren't going to make everything perfect, but there's, there's going to be some justice now because of body, without body cameras, who knows? Yeah. So there are you're right. reforms that have been made that, you know, I, I'm, I've, most cops that I've, that I've talked to said they like that there are body cameras because you know what it does? It prevents frivolous, lying abuse complaints against the cop as well when that is the case, right? So there are things that have been done.
2: Now, you can still have cops turn off their body cams as they did for a small portion of that, but we caught it from the uh, light tower in that neighborhood so that there was an additional feed of what was going on. But you could tell even with the body cams that were running for the vast majority of this tape, that they had behaved in an illegal
1: manner. You, you really don't want to be the cop explaining to internal affairs why during an arrest where there's an allegation of severe use of force or you know abuse of force, why your body camera just mysteriously got turned off. All yeah. five got turned you, off. You you don't want to be you don't want to be telling internal affairs that. Trust me. You know, friends, I'm getting married this coming weekend. It's amazing how fast it comes uh, comes up. And guess what? There's going to be a lot of photographs. But a lot of you, I'm sure, have had weddings in the past. Who was the photographer in your family for that stuff? Your dad, your mom, somebody else in the family? You know, dad's tool of choice back in the day was the video cam Velcro to his right hand at so many events, weddings, school plays, sporting events, you name it. All the videotapes he filled up with family videos were stored away, but none of them were thrown away. Your family likely has this situation. So what are you doing with those old dusty videotapes? Legacy Box is your answer. It's a company in Tennessee that digitally transfers everything on those tapes onto digital files. You can access them on your computer or smartphone anytime you want. They do this by hand, taking care of your family's most precious memories like they were their own. You know the best part of all this? Being able to see these videos again. To share them again with everyone in the family and Legacy Box makes it easy start to finish in about three weeks time. Visit legacybox.com slash buck to get a great discounted price. They'll ship you a specially made box to pack up and ship off all your family videos right away. That's legacybox.com slash B U C K.
2: He's Buck Sexton. He's Clay Travis
0: Call 800 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for
4: details. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear navigating the changes in relationships and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never seen before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey.
5: I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is is that my baggage? It look like my baggage.
4: I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show coming up in a few minutes. I'm going to talk to you about a situation in, in New York that uh, I think some of us probably would have anticipated or thought would would happen. You have migrants who are in a I believe it's a four star hotel. Uh, perhaps it's a three star. So there may not be an indoor an indoor pool and, and room service, but uh, it's a nice hotel in Midtown. And they are, they've been living there for weeks, perhaps months, uh, at taxpayer expense. And they have been asked to change facilities. Does any, does anyone want to take a guess as to whether the people who came into the country knowingly and illegally to abuse our system to pretend to be asylum seekers who have been put up in hotels in the middle of Manhattan at taxpayer expense. Does anyone want to guess if they're really eager to comply with the request to move to another facility? We'll just put that one out there for a second. I'll just it's not remind but It's a four star hotel. It is a four-star. Like, okay. How I many so. people yeah.
2: listening to us right now have ever stayed in a four star hotel in Manhattan? Like a four star hotel in Manhattan is, you know, two hundred plus dollars a night oh, depending 200. on whoa, whoa, yeah.
1: more like three fifty and up, yeah. my friend. Three fifty oh, and man
2: up. Here. But here, but the my point is it's super expensive and you know, like the idea that we're putting them up in these places like i'm not surprised they would leave like if you told me i could stay in a four-star hotel in manhattan for uh for a couple of weeks in a row i'd be like that's a pretty good deal i don't want to leave either
1: yeah so we'll we'll talk about this a little bit because i think people are seeing more and more you know the the more visible illegal immigration and and what it does uh, to the communities where they're there it is concentrated. Just from a pure, we don't even talk about what it means for the polity, assimilation, uh, rule of law. Just on an economic, like dollars and cents perspective, it's worth looking at at how expensive this is for the for the taxpayer. Um, but also, Clay, did did you see in Finland a a transgender figure skater <laughs> made see this video. made his debut? <laughs> Um, a 59-year-old farmer performed at the opening ceremony of the European Figure Skating Championship. So this is the Figure Skating Championship, and the guy said that it was his childhood dream to be an ice princess. <laughs> and he and he like wipes out in the middle of the skating. That's really like, I mean, I, if he could skate really well, that's sort of a different guy. Like, all right, I mean, I, you know, that's you know the transgender stuff. What that, that's not surprising. But Clay, the guy can't. It's like they should push me out there and let me go skating.
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to share this, uh, this video. You should share. It'll it be up on ClayAndBuck.com. This is the most expansive definition of ice princess that has ever been created in <laughs> mankind's history. All right, because You've gotta see this, it. This is whatever your vision is of a princess on skates, and there are some. I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of beautiful ice skating princesses out there. This is the most expansive definition of ice princess that's ever been created. It is
1: an ice princess you are definitely going to definitely gonna have to see to believe. Finland, wow. it will be up there. We'll talk about immigration and more coming up here. Stick around.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call, quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
1: He has the smarts.